Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. We live today under the providence of God. Now, there's some struggles when we think about that. When you think about, look at that statement on the overhead, that God has perfect knowledge and control of everything. Where does that leave us? Well, that's the balance between the sovereignty of God and the free will of man. Are we just robots that we can do whatever we do and whatever God has planned for us, that's going to happen to our lives? No, that's not true. Today, Pastor Mark helps clear up some possible confusion over the existence of luck or lack thereof in the Christian life. We learn that God wants us to understand that He cares about every detail of our lives and has already orchestrated the outcome of our circumstance. Scripture says that God only has good planned for us, some of which we'll never realize this side of heaven. One thing's for sure, nothing takes him by surprise, and it's comforting to know that whatever we're experiencing as luck would have it has already passed through his hands. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in the book of Proverbs, chapter 16, verse 33, with part one of our message entitled, Patience and the Invisible. Let's turn to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 16. Life is filled with decisions, choices. Where do we go? What do we buy? That's a big one today. What should we do about this? I'm faced with this. How do I decide to go here or go here? Well, some of you have seen one of these in your office. It's called a decision cube. And you'll see it on the overhead. It's a little, it's a little area where you probably maybe even played with one before. You remember? Yes or no or maybe or do it or wait or whatever. Well, that's one way people decide what to do. There are other times that probably in your life you've just flipped a coin. Had you do something, tells you do this interesting way to determine what to do. We're going to practice that this morning. I'm going to flip this coin. Heads, this is the end of the service. (laughs) Tails, we go on for an hour. You ready? Tails. Tails. Interesting as we think about our lives in the way we make decisions. If you're a Christian this morning, your life is walking with God. Where is God in our decision making? Can we know what He wants? 
can we determine what God's will for us in this particular situation is? Does it get any better than flipping a coin or really taking our Bibles, setting them on the table and placing a little fan in front of them and letting the leaves blow and then going, that's what God wants me to do. Is there a better way? Can we really determine what God wants to do in our lives? Well, we'll see kind of this morning, first of all, in the Old Testament, ways that God told people how to live. Then we're going to go to the New Testament because that's where we live. Look in your Bibles at Proverbs 16, verse 33. The first key you want to write down this morning, I'll have many keys for you, is this. God wants us to know his will. God wants us to know his will. Proverbs 16:33. The lot is cast into the lap, but its every decision is from the Lord. In the Old Testament, God used many ways of communicating his will to the believers in the Old Testament. You remember one time Moses was in front of the Red Sea. The armies of Pharaoh were behind. The mountains are on both sides, and here's about a million Jews. What should they do? Well, God used, in that case, a miraculous event to show his will. It was the Red Sea. It parted. They walked across it. Don't you wish that happened all the time? You know, we're facing this decision. Oh, just open the Red Sea. That's a no-brainer. Well, God didn't always use that. Other times he used prophets to give a understanding directly from a word from him to a leader in Israel. Other times, as you know, as we studied the Bible, Joseph and Daniel and many others had visions and dreams. But what you just read, interestingly enough, is another way that God used to direct people in the Old Testament. It was, as you see in verse 33, the casting of a lot, a coin, or a stone with a yes or a no. Or a black and a white stone put in a bag. Black means yes, white means no. All different ways that God used the casting of this lot. In fact, so much so, you remember that the high priest vestment had the urim and thummim. It was kind of a decision-making deal that they pulled out and God would direct that. Now, when we come to the New Testament, we find that the lot is cast in a number of different ways, but only once does God use the lot in the New Testament. And that's in the book of Acts, chapter 1. You remember, Judas killed himself. That left a hole for another apostle to be determined. And you remember, the apostles cast lots to determine, and determine it should be Matthias. After that, and we'll see this morning, after that one time of choosing lots, flipping a coin, you might say, God used a different way to direct his people. We'll determine that this morning. But notice, when you think about casting this coin, flipping this coin, taking a, a black and a white marble, pulling out one, you think, man, is God leaving this to chance? What a crazy way to determine his will. I mean, what are the odds? Are we like in Vegas or what? Well, look at the last part of verse 33, and you'll understand what takes place. Let me read the whole verse for you again. 
The lot is cast into the lap, but it's every, it's a word you might want to circle, every decision is from the Lord. What did that mean? It meant this, that no matter what kind of lot you were using, God was orchestrating the outcome of that flip of the coin or that hand going into the bag with a black and white marble. You see, God has perfect knowledge and control of everything. So no matter what was used to determine God's will, God made sure that his overall will was always accomplished. We live today under the providence of God. Now, there's some struggles when we think about that. When you think about, look at that statement on the overhead, that God has perfect knowledge and control of everything. Where does that leave us? Well, that's the balance between the sovereignty of God and the free will of man. Are we just robots that we can do whatever we do and whatever God has planned for us, that's going to happen to our lives? No, that's not true. Because God has all knowledge, he knows exactly, even this morning as we leave, how many are going to get the teaching, how many will come to the Lord, second service, the same. He knows who's, what you're going to choose. He doesn't make you choose it, but he already knows because he's all knowing what that response will be. So with this lot, don't get yourself into an understanding this morning when we have God's will. Well, we just sit back and go, well, it doesn't matter what we do. Hey, flip a coin. Hey, okay, good. We'll do this. No, that's not it at all. Because God wants us to know his will. And we'll see later we're to pray and find out his will. And we're going to give you this morning four ways to do that as we go through our teaching. But we do know that God is in control of this earth. Aren't you glad? His invisible hand directs our lives. Now, why is his hand invisible? Because he's a spirit. You can't see God this morning. Is God here? Yes, he's here. He's going down the rows. He's dealing with your hearts already this morning. But his invisible hand eventually shows up in either touching our heart or with the events of life. We begin to see that. Since God holds all things together... He governs all events. He directs everything to his appointed end. That means in my life as a Christian, listen to this. There is no such thing as luck. There are no accidents with God. He's always at work in my life. Nothing surprises God. He knows the future as well as the past, he's aware of everything that goes on in the entire universe. Now turn to Proverbs 15:33. When we think of that, let's think of our universe this morning. How many people live on this planet? Anybody know? Six billion plus. Six billion plus people. Hard to even think of that, isn't it? Think of all the animals. And you know that the Bible says not one sparrow falls but God knows that think of the stars he threw them into space with his invisible hand he counts them he knows them that's a pretty big God so when you think of six billion people and you think of the stars and you think of all the animals it's hard for us to understand what this next verse is going to say look at Proverbs 15 3 the eyes of the Lord are everywhere 
keeping watch on the wicked and the good. So God cares about the details of our lives. And turn to your neighbor this morning and just say, God cares about me. Go ahead, remind him, wake him up. Do you know that God's eye is on you this morning? Is that true? Hello? Yes, it is. It's right on you. It was on you as you drove in. You know, those of you that had the spat in the car. His eye was on you. Everything in our life, the details of our life, God is concerned with. Now, that's hard for us to understand. Six billion people, stars, animals everywhere, and yet God is concerned with the smallest detail of your life. Here's what that means. If you're a Christian this morning, listen to this. This brings great assurance to you. If you're a Christian this morning, and, in your, and you're, you're pursuing God, you're walking with God, whatever comes into your life first goes through the loving, invisible hands of God. We say, well, I don't like that. You don't know what I'm going through in my life. Does God? Yes. And so the Bible says that all things, circle the word all in your mind, work together for good to those that love the Lord. So in my life, even the difficult things in my life, God has allowed to come to my life to orchestrate patience, which is the teaching of our Verse this morning, patience in the invisible hand of God. So whatever's in my life, the details, the smallest detail, God isn't up there going, Mark who? What's his middle initial? No, he knows, he understands, and he cares about my life. So God is not disinterested or a distant observer. He's involved in the smallest details. We saw that from Adam and Eve in the garden. When they were created, there weren't six billion, there was only two. But God knew exactly the details of Adam and Eve. When Adam and Eve sinned, God went looking. He says, Adam, where are you? He knew the details. He knew exactly what had happened. Think of that in your life. Think of the details in your life the last few weeks. And say, you mean God is interested and is orchestrating those to work out for good? Yes, he is. Everything. Here's something you must write down this morning or you'll miss the whole teaching. Here's the principle. God's main purpose is the process of life conforming us to be like Jesus. So even though details he is working, he is dealing with, it isn't the details that are important. It's the process of maturing me to be like Jesus Christ. So the key this morning in how my life, through all of these details, good and bad, is being conformed to the image of God. How we live our lives. Now, turn with me to Proverbs chapter 20, verse 24. When we see God's invisible hand with the effects in our lives, sometimes we're overwhelmed because we can't make sense out of what he's doing. Well, that's what verse 20, 24 says. This is a verse that just brings us down humility-wise, realizing we're not God. Look what it says. A man's steps are directed by the Lord. How then can anyone understand his own way? I need to look to God for direction and guidance in my life. He's the only one that sees my life from 
the beginning to the end. He knows exactly the number of days that I'm going to be living. Now, when I look at my life, all I can see is the past in the present. I don't have any clue what's happening in the future. And if you're honest this morning, you'll look back at some of the things that took place in your past and you go, why? God, why did you allow that to come in? It doesn't make sense to me. Many things will never make sense to us. So when I talk about God's will for your life this morning, I want you to come back to this one understanding. He's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. He's the only one that knows from beginning to end. So don't waste your time too much trying to figure out exactly what God's doing. Just know this. God's good. He loves you. And he has everything under control. Some things we will never get until we get to heaven. We'll never understand why we went through those circumstances. That's what that verse means. It just means this. You're not God. Don't try to be God. Just relax and understand that he is good, that he's trying to conform us to the character of Christ. Some things you'll be able to understand. Some things as I look back in my past, I can now see why he did it. I couldn't then. Some things I cannot see. I just don't get it. Oh, relax. It's all right. Now, what can I know about the will of God? Let me give you some things quickly that I want you to write down. I'm going to go through these things very fast. So to write them down, get you a tape as you leave this morning. Number one, all of God's plans for us are good. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. So every plan that God has for me is good. Second thing you want to know this morning, Satan lies about the will of God. When you hear the will of God in your life, Satan will come to you and say this. Here's one of the things he'll say to you. Well, you can't determine God's will. Only really special holy people can. Well, who would that be? There aren't any of those. We're all equal. So that's a lie. God wants me to know his will. And when he wants me to know his will, you'll see this morning, he makes ways known that I can know it. Second thing Satan will lie to you about is this. Well, Mark, if you have God's will for your life, let me tell you what it's going to mean. It's going to mean this. God's going to send you where you don't want to go. God's going to have you marry somebody you don't want to marry. God's going to have you work at a job you absolutely hate for all your life. Some of you heard that. You think, well, God's going to call me to the ministry. Absolutely. Are you going to send me to Timbuktu and I'm going to eat worms all my life? God, what kind? Well, who told you that? That's Satan. Let me just share this with you this morning. This you have to write down. True success is found only in the center of God's will. So anytime you hear that, that it's bad for you, it's not going to be good, you won't like it or whatever, that's wrong. True success is found only one place in the center of God's will because it's good for me. And he's creating and working in all those details of my life. He's working them out day by day by day. This is not big choices only. These are the small choices of life. He's working them out for my good. Next, God's will always includes his perfect timing. That's a part we don't like. We live in a world bound by time. Once we get to heaven, there is no more time. Praise God. Timex won't be able to do any commercials. There is no time in heaven. But for here, timing is very important. 
God's will always includes his timing. Now, because there is timing, that means this next truth about God's will is very evident for us. God's will requires our patience. Our patience. Turn with me to Proverbs 16, 3. God's will, timing of it. We know what to do. Is now the time to do it? Remember, David was appointed king or chosen to be king, but many, many, many years later, he finally got appointed. He got put on the throne. During that interim, he had to wait for God's timing. When we went to pray to start this church, we prayed five years before we started the church. We had to wait on God's timing. So timing is very important. Look at chapter 16, verse 3. This is kind of my version so that you'll get it this morning. Make your plans and then God will approve them and they will succeed. Does that sound kind of like what you just read? Is there something wrong with my verse? Yes, it's called the sequence. Right outside verse 16, write the word sequence. Because if you don't get this verse in the right order, you'll never enjoy God's will in your life. Notice what it says. Commit to the Lord whatever you do. In other words, first you commit to the Lord whatever you do, and then your plans will succeed. But what do we do? Often we don't follow that sequence. Rather, we make our plans, we head down the road, we plunge into this course of action, and then we go, whoops, things aren't looking right here. We put the money down on the home. We know God's going to sell our other one. He doesn't. Now we're hurting. Why? Because we put our plan before God. See, that's the small details of life. Now, you say, well, Pastor Mark, I never do things like that. I always wait for God. Turn to another verse. I'll show you that you're not true. Psalm 32, verse 9. Psalm, just uh, back one book. God has a great sense of humor, and he loves to use animals to teach us. Here's a great one. You tell me this morning whether you're more like a horse or a mule as we go through this verse. Psalm 32, 9. God says this. Do not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding, but must be controlled by bit or bridle, or they will not come to you. What does that mean? Well, first of all, it says we're not to be like a horse that rushes ahead of God's will. We want to do something, we just get on our horse and away we go. I don't really like horses. I mean, I like horses, but I don't like horseback riding. My wife loves horseback riding. Being the great, loving, unselfish husband that I am, once I took my wife horseback riding. The only way you'll ever understand God's will for your life is to look to Him for direction. We have a limited view and can only see what we've been through in the past and what we're going through right now in the present. Let's learn to trust God with all of the details because He knows our life from beginning to end and Scripture promises that all of His plans for us are good. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. 
Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed. Or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira Campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. True success is only found in one place. In order to find success, we must first learn how to define it. By the world's standards, it's based on a lie, and by God's standards, it's grounded in the truth. Proverbs 16.3 says, Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and your plans will succeed. Be sure to tune in next time on Lessons for Living to learn what it takes to be successful in doing life right. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the book of Proverbs. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is giving Let us hear your